Hello, I'm Reverend Chris Wickland, and this is a pilot for a new show we want to bring you called UK In Focus. It's where we look at the news, politics and current affairs of Britain and try to bring a prophetic lens of understanding to what we're seeing around us. Sometimes the show will feature myself and other times we'll bring in special guests who can give wisdom, understanding and insights to navigate the days in which we find ourselves. I want to base today's broadcast on Psalm 2 verse 1 and I'm going to share my uh, thoughts and my prophetic words about probably what's been going on over the last two weeks from a prophetic point of view. Psalm 2 verse 1 says, Why are the nations in uproar? Why do the peoples plot in vain? At 6am on the 7th of October 2023, Hamas announced the start of an operation called Operation Al-Aqsa Flood, starting with a barrage of nearly 5,000 rockets from Gaza fired into Israel whilst a ground attack ensued. The conflict was touched off by the October 7th sneak attack, which included thousands of armed Hamas fighters breaching a border security fence and indiscriminately gunning down Israeli civilians and soldiers taken off guard. Other militants stormed beaches in Israel in motorboats and some brought death from the sky, swooping in on paragliders. More than 1,400 people were killed in Israel, including children, and more than 4,500 people were injured. Now, these are the single worst atrocities against the Jewish people since the Second World War under Nazi Germany. And there is no country in this world who would not declare such an act of terrorism an act of war. Let's not forget the attack on Pearl Harbor on the 7th of December 1941, where 2,403 people were killed in attack by Japan. That simple act of aggression sent America to war with Japan. Yet people cry, let there be a reasonable and proportionate response. How many rockets are allowed into Israel? How many rapes, decapitated bodies, mothers and wombs ripped open, innocents shot and slaughtered and kidnapped before it becomes an act of war on a nation. On the 5th of July, 2023, God, I believe, gave me a prophetic warning about Hamas coming against Israel. And this is all on our YouTube channel. And so this is three months prior to the attack. So please allow me to read this to you. And this, this, the, the text which the meditation or the prophetic word was based around comes from Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 11. Now, the word violence in Hebrew is Hamas, which is where the organization get their name from. It means violence. So I'm just going to read this to you now. And it says, violence Hamas has grown into a rod of wickedness and none of them shall remain. Nothing of their crowds, <coughs> excuse me, nothing of their wealth. There is nothing of importance in them. O Israel, my daughter, my Zion, at this time you sit alone like a shelter in a vineyard. The nations gather round you and conspire against you. Acts of violence, Hamas, are brought against you from the sky and the airwaves. When you suffer, you sit alone in silent patience, with no one to help you and none to defend your cause. Yet I am your Adonai. I am merciful and I will not reject you, O my people. I take no pleasure in causing you grief or pain. I am your shield and your very great reward. I know, Israel, that you have become tired and you have become weary. You have become as one who walks around the same mountain year on year. 
pray for the peace of Jerusalem, yet Shalom seems to evade the city of peace. Like an old garment, you have become tired and stretched thin. Let me comfort you, O Jerusalem, for you are the city of Ariel. I will bring back that which was lost to you, that which your heart desires every day. I'll return that which I took from you, my people. I will give you back your heart, that you may stand strong until the end. In this hour, I want to show favor and compassion to you. The enemy has come in like a flood to you, but I will raise up my standard against violence, against Hamas in these days. You will no longer sit as a shack in a field of cucumbers. Watch my people, I will raise up nations who will stand up for you, who will defend your cause. I will even cause some who are your enemies to be your allies in the days ahead. I will raise up sheep nations that will stand alongside my aerial. The land of three lions will come to your aid soon with strength and military power. The land of the three lions is obviously the, the land of Britain. And when they do, you will stand shoulder to shoulder with others whom I will raise to shield you from violence, from Hamas. <clears throat> you are my suffering servant, and much pain lies ahead. But the days of peace from the city of peace are coming, when I shall rule and reign as your Adonai from Mount Zion, and my glory shall cover the earth as the waters. As I said, that I believe came to me on the 5th of the 7th, uh, 2023, the 5th of July. This is encouraging news for Israel, that despite these attacks that Hamas would make violence against Israel, that God would come to Israel's defense and God would raise up nations to help Israel in her conflict. And we're seeing this already. What we're seeing now in our streets in the UK is something that I have to be honest, I never thought I would see in my lifetime. Again, Psalm 2.1 says, why are the nations in uproar? And we're seeing people in uproar on our streets. We're seeing people chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. This slogan basically means that the state of Israel must be dismantled and be ethnically cleansed. It denies the right for Jews to exist in Israel. It only allows Arabs to have the land of Israel. But some have said, well, let there be a two-state solution. But Israel has tried five times and every time the Arabs have rejected it and turned it down because they do not want a two-state solution. They want the Jews gone and there's no negotiating with that. The militant Arab groups such as Hamas, the PLO, Hezbollah, etc. do not want peace with Israel. They want her wiped off the map. Now in September the 18th, 2019, I had a prophetic word entitled The Three Woes and the Three Blessings for Great Britain. And here is an excerpt of the third woe. And it says, war is coming and it's time to be prepared and to be not troubled by this. I need to warn my people that this is not the battle of Gog and Magog. Many will claim it is, but it is not. Take comfort in this. For those that don't know what that means, it's from the chapters Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's about uh, a great war that comes against Israel near the end of days. I'll carry on with the prophecy. A perfect storm is coming. War with Iran will be inevitable. America will be the first to fire back. This will escalate into a protracted season of conflict that will affect the nations. This war will cause the rise of militant Islam to take a hold in the country of the UK. Great fear will grab this nation as they realize they have an enemy within that they cannot see. But I want my people in this hour to not fear. 
Yes, some persecution will come from Islam to my people in this country, but it will be for a short season and then it will end. Over 25 years ago, when I first started receiving, I believe, visions and dreams from the Lord, he showed me how this country would have an enemy amongst us, hidden in plain sight. In, this, in these series of dreams, America had done something to Iran and the Muslim communities in Britain were up in arms. Suddenly we had an internal war on our hands, as well as a geopolitical one with Iran. We had terrorists potentially everywhere in parts of Britain and our nation was terrified and it caused a massive social upheaval. So much so that Muslims became public enemy number one. Now this, in this vision, was a difficult time for Christians because, you see, at this time Christians were being persecuted by certain extremist Muslims, but only for a short period of time. And according to these visions, it was a dangerous time for the nation and also put the church into a difficult and compromising position because obviously we know not every Muslim is out for blood, and there are many, the many, that just want to live a peaceful life. But sadly, what's coming with Iran, and because of that, there may be a uh, potential Muslim or Islamic uproar in this nation. And the trouble is in these visions that all Muslims became tarred with the same brush, and many were forced um, to be, I believe, some of them were forced to be sent away from our country. Yet the church at this time had to help many Muslims because of how disgracefully they were being treated. But this would be deemed unsavory by the government and this nation. Because you see, the church has to stand up for what is morally right, not what is politically correct. And so this became a difficult season for the church. However, never had I thought that such a vision, either would see the beginnings of such a vision coming to pass as I look around what's going on in our streets and around the world. I'm now seeing pictures in the news of cafes and bakeries, not in this country yet, I'm pleased to say, with signs on the door saying, no Jews allowed. So much for the social diversity, multiculturalism and tolerance that Tony Blair brought into this country under New Labour back in the late 1990s. He opened the doors to mass immigration, believing it would be good for our nation. Now, please mis don't misunderstand me here. I'm not talking about controlled immigration, which is a good thing. I'm talking about mass immigration. Because in the last 25 years since Tony Blair um, instituted this mass immigration policy, we've had more people come into this nation in the last 25 years than we have ever had in history. However, <clears throat> much research has now been done into multiculturalism. And it's come to light that it has done more to fragment our society than it has to bring society together. All the detailed studies into multiculturalism has concluded that mass immigration has caused greater disunity, economic weakness, social mistrust, and a ghettoizing of communities of people who refuse to integrate into the surrounding culture. Yet the politicians still chant how there is strength in our multicultural diversity this ultra-liberal ideology, which has been taught in our schools, colleges and universities, has single-handedly socially engineered a whole culture of people to inadvertently hate Jews and Christians, love Islam and all forms of diversity, as long as it's liberal diversity. <clears throat> you see, you might think that was a loaded statement saying, well, no, we, that liberals don't hate Jews and Christians, that's just not true. 
You see, liberal ideology seeks to find two components, a victim and a villain. And so Jews and Christians are the white oppressors of society, whilst Muslims are the victims. Jews and Christians with their Bibles and morality is a threat to liberalism and their ideologies. With concepts such as toxic masculinity, gender theory, critical race theory, and white privilege to mention but a few, liberal ideology is actually far from being inclusive. In fact, it is as divisive as it could be and is a form of social Marxism. So thanks to hard left liberalism, our country is not cohesive, but it is diverse. Rather, we have a fractured and broken nation that rejects its own religion, cancels its own history by tearing down statues, renaming streets, trying to rewrite and erase history, and all the while, a weak, impoverished Christianity sits in the corner, shaking in fear and silence, hoping no one will notice her. Politicians have allowed Islam to take a stronghold in this nation and in our politics. There are Sharia law courts in this country that have nothing to do with our legal system and are accountable to nobody. A review by Dame Louise Casey claims that Sharia councils supported the values of extremists, condoned wife beating, ignored marital rape and allowed forced marriages. This is what happens when as a nation we reject the religion of our fathers we create a power vacuum and something else will fill it because nature abhors a vacuum. We now have a crisis in our nation which most people, including Christians, are not prepared to accept or acknowledge. And so here we are today. The nation is in uproar. We have Muslims and hard left liberals on our streets wanting Israel wiped off the map. These are hate crimes of the highest caliber yet the police seem to be turning a blind eye. Our police are equally compromised and diverse with their rainbow police cars and arresting people for praying in their heads outside of abortion clinics. Wrong thinking or praying can be deemed illegal. A man a few weeks back was holding an English flag during one of the free Palestine rallies and the police told him to put the flag away as it was deemed racist, while all around him were people with the Palestinian flag shouting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. So it's deemed racist to hold up the flag of your own country. Well, that's the liberal left for you. They cancel people. They cancel national identity, so much so that you're deemed racist if you stand up for your own country. But it's okay to stand up for Palestine, which by the way as a state doesn't even exist. We have a government that is now so divided and woke that it's in a tailspin at the beast of cultural diversity that it's unleashed on our streets. And trust me, what we're seeing in the news is just the beginning. And you'll notice that politicians are saying nothing. We have far too few political voices speaking up in this nation about the issues that we are facing. Only a brave few like Suella Braveman are speaking up against the dangers of uncontrolled immigration and the police turning a blind eye to protests that are inciting and condoning terrorism. Let's not forget that once great institution of a great media corporation, the BBC, once known as Auntie Beeb, invoking the impression of a friendly, helpful and slightly stuffy auntie that is always looking out for us. Now this auntie has turned into a dangerous, woke Hamas propaganda station 
We have a broadcasting corporation that will simply not call Hamas a terrorist organization, even though the government of this nation has classified them as such. Look at how our nation has fallen. Look at what has infiltrated our nation. This is the consequence of a nation that has rejected her Judeo-Christian heritage and swapped it for the new atheism and hard left liberal ideologies of communist social Marxism. Welcome to Great Britain. Not so great anymore, I fear. I had another, I believe, a prophetic word from the Lord. Um, and again, this is based on why the nation's in tumult. And uh, I got this prophetic word on the 23rd of October. I'd just like to read this to you, if I may. My people, I want you to learn to trust me during these days. These are days of warfare, famine and pestilence. And I have to punish the nations for her sins and abominations which she has committed. You will see wars and rumors of wars, and you will see famine and devastations of weather around the world. You'll see infestations and pestilence breaking out in places of civilized society where such things should not take place. Until the serpent is raised up on the pole, I will not relent. Until my crucifix is carried high by my people and valued again, then my hand will not be stayed. I just need to clarify what I mean by this. I got a lot of flack over this particular part of this word a few weeks back. You see, the serpent was placed on a pole and all those that looked upon the pole were instantly healed. Jesus on the cross. Paul says, I preach Christ crucified. A lot of people say, no, it's, we, the power is in the resurrection, not in the cross. Well, you see, you can't have a cross without the resurrection. You can't have the resurrection without a cross. And you can't have a resurrection or an empty tomb with an empty cross. Because the Apostle Paul says, I preach Christ crucified. And so that's what the crucifix represents, Christ crucified. So I'll read this again. Until the serpent is raised up on the pole, I will not relent. Until my crucifix is carried high by my people and valued again, then my hand will not be stayed. Until my church realizes that Joshua won the battle when Moses' hands were held high in prayer, then I will not relent. If my people will not stand in the gap, then my hand will not be stayed. Great suffering is coming to the nations. Ideological divisions will seek to divide and conquer nations from within, down to local governments, to households. Mother will be against mother, son against father, for all are lost, deceived and confused. My church too will suffer, but her suffering is in chastisement, and I only chastise those whom I love. I want to make my people strong, because they are all so weak. I will cleanse my people from her unclean ways and her abominations. In so doing, my people will begin to arise again, having cleaned their garments from the sins of the nations. And then I'll remember my people and pour out my oil of grace upon her. She will arise from the dust and valley of dry bones. She will come to life again. She will become fit for purpose. She will become regal, beautiful and majestic again. My people, you're on the threshold of the greatest tumult and troubles this world has ever seen. But do not be frightened. Just trust and obey. Have faith and be not weak-kneed. For I, the Lord your God, am with you and will not fail you or forsake you. And I said, I believe God gave that to me on the 23rd of October, 2023. It's on our YouTube channel. Now, you may think this is all very depressing and overtly serious. Well, yes, it is. Britain is in trouble. And we need a move of God to help our nation. But you see, not just the move of God. We need brave people to rise up and start speaking against the woke narratives of this nation. 
Yesterday, as I was preparing this show, I saw on Sky News the climate change burger, a new tactic by the climate change woke brigade to stop us eating meat and thus save the environment. So like when you purchase a packet of cigarettes today, you will see on the side of the cigarettes uh, uh, a health warning and also some grotesque picture of some uh, lung disease, etc. Um, but now on the burger, they want to place this kind of like little warning saying that when you eat this burger, you are contributing to climate change. Now, did you know that one single large volcanic eruption can put enough carbon in the atmosphere to wipe out in one day all our efforts to be carbon neutral? And this is the madness of our society. So what's the answer? The answer for our nation is simple. We have to start with prayer. Second Chronicles 7.14, we know it so well. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now notice there are three conditions here. Pray, seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. And then God in, uh, in kind will do three things to back. He will hear from heaven, he will forgive us, and he will heal our land. The first thing we need to do is to really start interceding for our nation because prayer is the catalyst to change which we need for our nation. And without prayer, we will see nothing. But likewise, prayer without action is the same as faith without works. There needs to be much prayer, but there also needs to be practical work. You see, we need for starters, we need brave pastors to start preaching in the pulpits again, the truth about the scriptures, not self-help TED Talks. We need to see people engaging in political debate and speaking up for the truth in a way that earns credibility. Now, some Christians think that politics is a dirty word, but I see politics like money. Money is neutral. It can be used for good, it can be used for bad. Politics is the same. But you see, in your own Bible, you have the likes of Joseph, who was raised up uh, and basically ruled over Egypt under Pharaoh. You have Esther, who again was raised up to protect God's people. You have Daniel, again, put in a place of position of authority to help God's people. So it's important that we get involved in politics. Without the likes of Wilberforce, the slave trade may, may have never have been abolished. So we need to see people engaging in political debate, but doing it in a way that earns credibility as well. We need people that that are reasoned and intelligent to do this. We need to be putting pressure on our local MPs to stop this political woke agenda, tearing up our society, our schools, and our very infrastructure, and even the very history of our nation. We need to get a heart for our nation and understand that God has a heart for our nation. God has done wonderful things through this nation in times past, and I believe that he wants to do wonderful things again. We need to engage politically, Get involved and join local political groups. Have a voice as a representative of your community. Get involved with your local schools and community groups to make a difference and bring light to the darkness. Because you see, things will not change unless we start praying and getting our hands dirty. Staying at home and hoping this will all just blow away is not an option because the church has been silent on these issues for the last 30 years. And look at where that silence has gotten us. My name is Chris Wickland and you have been watching UK in Focus. God bless. Goodbye.